Hello and welcome back to the Redundant Rufus podcast. In this addition to my creepy podcast series on ghosts and the supernatural and paranormal, I'm going to share some more stories as well as revisit previous tale I had shared. Um, so let's get into it. In a previous episode, I had mentioned a house called the Grand Place, where one of my ancestors, my great-grandfather, had some paranormal encounters. One of them being present for a screaming ghost. And that screaming ghost, since he was blind, he didn't see anything, he just heard it screaming on his way up the stairs. With that particular story, I had gotten some of the details twisted uh, regarding if someone was actually murdered there, a murder weapon being found. So what actually happened was the story that people would say in the area that someone was murdered in the house because the painters that had come in after the fact sometime later had reportedly found a bloodied knife in the closet. And so that was partly the, the rumor where there was this murder weapon so someone had been killed. Still very creepy, especially for my great-grandfather being blind at the time and hearing a screaming ghost of a woman on his way up to bed. Uh, very unnerving, very unsettling, and no known documentation exists on a possible murder in that home. But since uh, that experience my great-grandfather had, had uh, the house has since been demolished except for a kitchen, which happened to be an old slave kitchen, a many years ago obviously uh, but within that same house it was called the grand place many apparitions had been witnessed by multiple individuals um, my aunt brenda and her daughter at one point had seen a woman in a black dress and they described her as having long black hair and they reportedly saw that this same woman had descended the stairs but disappeared and they have no explanation it was the only occurrence that they saw that they that they had there uh, my father also recounts when he was a little tyke that he was riding his tricycle around the house he had ridden out of the front room went into this very long hall and it went to this wide staircase that went up to a landing kind of old-fashioned house antebellum in its uh, architecture but he remembers that upstairs there were many doors that went to many bedrooms and at one point when he was on his tricycle he was looking up the stairs and he saw a woman at the top of the stairs, which resembled a black woman, but she had kind of a purplish color. That's how he remembers it. So uh, she appeared to be in the attitude of staring at him. So kind of similar to my own childhood experience of witnessing the, the woman in the blue dress. She was staring at me and followed me throughout the house, seemingly wondering or wanting to know who I was. So this same woman seemed to have that same attitude, but my father yelled and went back to the other family members in a, in a different room and told them what happened. But going back to my great-grandfather, Pepa Joe, who had multiple experiences in that house, he once saw two women in an old-fashioned clothing speaking with each other. They didn't seem to acknowledge his presence, though. Um, so this was clearly before he had gone blind. So that's multiple individuals in my family who had seen uh, apparitions or full-bodied individuals in that house. Now, there were other accounts, but these are the particular ones I wanted to bring up just to show the further evidence that something was going on in that house. It had a strong paranormal signature, if you will. The second house that I wanted to bring up, still in Kentucky in Fleming County, was called the McGowan House. So Abraham McGowan was the founder and builder of this home in Fleming County, Kentucky, an antebellum house built sometime in the 1830s. Apparently he was one of the wealthiest men in the area at the time, 
and during the Civil War, he was known to have freed all of his slaves and actually had offered to pay their way to Liberia, where other former or freed slaves had emigrated to. Additionally, he amended his will um, to also leave money to these slaves where they could go 100 miles north of the Ohio River. Now, this was done due to the threat posed to slaves along the Ohio River that there were slave catchers who would catch escaped slaves. So having the freed slaves go farther north would keep them safe from being captured and brought into the south to be enslaved again. And this home actually still exists today. According to tradition, this Abraham McGowan had a young daughter who liked a man, but her father did not approve, especially since she apparently wanted to marry him. Thus, he locked his daughter up in the attic, and it is said that she ended up going insane tore all the wallpaper off the walls, and that long streaks of blood torn paper could later be seen on the walls of the attic as evidence of this. She starved to death and is said to have eaten the wallpaper. Once she died and other people moved in, mysterious events happened. The people told Matt Colgan, who was a distant relative of mine, that they tried every way possible to buckle, latch, and even nail the door shut to the attic, as I mentioned earlier, but it would never stay shut. It would always fly open as if the spirit of the girl refused to have the door locked, for she had died a result of her cruel father keeping her within the room. Another distant relative of mine also said that the parents had locked this girl up in the attic where she died of malnutrition and that she cut her finger and wrote her name and the name of her lover on the wall. And after that night, it would sparkle in the dark, no matter how much they painted or papered over it. Apparently, at one point, someone offered to pay $50 to a couple to stay there all night. Other visitors would stay there, and they'd report that the covers would be ripped off of their beds. And with that, they got up and went home, but didn't get the $50. Pretty terrifying. Now, in about 1930, a distant cousin of mine, Harlan Ham happened to be working at the tobacco farm. He and another man, the owner of the McGowan house, was a Mr. Alexander, and he owned this tobacco farm. Harlan Ham and his associates had been working there late, and because it was so late and they lived so far away, Mr. Alexander offered them to stay the night there. And he told them that he had a couple of rooms, that one of them could sleep three or four people. However, no one would stay all night in it. So the room that I mentioned earlier... They had paid people to try to sleep there all night, but that wouldn't happen. They would leave. The one fellow with Harlan kept bragging and saying that he wasn't scared of anything and that he'd stay in it. But Harlan said, I just want a room where I can sleep. Now, about an hour later, this braggart came pounding on Harlan's room door, hollering and wanting to come in, which was across the hall from him. And Harlan let him in. Mr. Alexander heard the commotion and came upstairs and told the braggart he'd warned him about that room. But this man related how he'd heard all kinds of noises and the room had lighted up so that you could see a pinfall and a voice asking him, what are you doing in this room? Now Harlan claimed that the only thing he heard that night was the sound of the door of the room opening and closing on its hinges. Now, the rumor was that these occurrences were caused by the ghost of this girl who had been locked into that bedroom until her death. Now, another distant relative of mine reportedly always told my father that speaking of this McGowan house, that one could pass by there and suddenly hear music and people dancing, calling, and when you'd walk up to the house, it would stop. But as soon as you get back to the road, the music 
and the sounds of dancing would resume. Make of that what you will, but that's still pretty creepy. Having a door slam shut open throughout the night, having covers pulled off, seeing glowing blood in the wall, your room lighting up, and then apparently hearing music where there wasn't any. So these are pretty creepy tales, and I wanted to share them because I have a vast collection of family uh, ghost stories. I've shared my own in previous episodes, but I'd like to keep doing this because they're great stories, great to share, and who doesn't love a good ghost story? Come on. So with that, I thank you again for listening, as always, for supporting me in my podcast journey. I also wanted to give a big thank you to Coag Music. You can find them on YouTube. They provide the music, the background ambiance for these episodes, so please check them out and subscribe. And with that, I hope you have a lovely day, rest of your week, and I'll talk to you later.